I think most people assume that cats just sit there and do nothing and they, you don't get attached to them and that they don't have personalities. And I think once you get to know cats, it, it changes things. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast, post it on your Instagram stories, and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest at Adventures of Mike and Lily. We'll reshare in our stories and we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. Today's show is brought to you by Superkit. So you know how sometimes when we buy cat products, Lumos and Noxy just aren't really interested in them? That really wasn't the case when we received our Superkit harnesses. Surprisingly, when we opened up the package, Lumos came running up to them and started investigating them. It may be because they are made of natural products, including leather. Cats love natural materials, and this helps a kitty forget that the Superkit harness is even on. So check out Superkit's harnesses on superkit.co. If you've been listening to the Laura podcast for a while, you would have heard about our guest today. I've actually lost track of the number of times their names have come up. Mike and Lily show us that cats can learn new things at any age, and they can do amazing things as well. Actually, Mike and Lily do a lot of activities that I can't do, like stand-up paddleboarding, and they inspire me every day. And because of this, I'm so excited to chat to their mom, Stephanie. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Hello. Thanks for we- having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being here. We'd love to hear the story about how Mike and Lily came into your life. Do you mind taking us through that story? Sure. Um, so I honestly wouldn't recommend getting cats in the way that I got Mike and Lily, um it worked out for me but it isn't an ideal situation um I got Lily for a birthday gift um which (laughs) (laughs) really um yeah so I wouldn't buy anybody a pet as a gift without them knowing about it um it turns out she's probably the best gift I've ever gotten in my life but that's just um yeah I wouldn't recommend doing that to giving somebody a gift a cat as a gift um with Mike I was at the pet store looking for fish food and I saw a scared little kitten in the back of the cage and everyone was petting all the other little cats that were up at the front of the cage and they were playing and happy and then there was just one little cat sitting in the back by himself and I felt really bad for him. So I impulse bought a cat also not recommended. Um, but in that case it it turned out to be good because I think a lot of people overlook those scared little cats that are hiding and people don't think they make great pets, but Mike, it took him a little while to come out of his shell, but he has, and now he's a brave cat explorer so yeah yeah definitely (laughs) yeah exactly and I know that they were those origin stories I suppose okay origin story that sounds like a superhero story but you know what I mean (laughs) but that story it might not be ideal but it's worked out for you and look at how amazing 
like what amazing lives they lead now. So did you get Lily before Mike? Yes. Um, I had my, or Lily about a year and a half before I got Mike. How did they get along when you first got Mike? Um, they didn't at all. Uh, the first day I brought Mike home, Lily tried to kill him. She, I brought him home in a cardboard, one of those little cardboard carriers you get from the pet store. And she attacked it so viciously, she actually ripped out one of her nails. <gasps> she broke wow. them off. Um, it took her a bit to get used to him. Um, she actually didn't purr for like three years after I got Mike. But now they're buddies. They're okay now. Yeah, I was going to say that just amazes me because um, they always cuddle. So, well, in the photos you post, they're always cuddling and they're always sitting next to each other and they seem like best friends. So I think sometimes even like what your story shows is even if they don't get along at first, eventually if you keep trying, there's still hope and it's getting mm-hmm creates like a beautiful bond that bond's pretty beautiful um i read that your husband wasn't a huge fan of cats when um before he met mike and lily how did mike and lily change them his mind i think he didn't realize that cats can do things that dogs can do um he was a dog person he had a dog before um he was also allergic to cats before he met mike and lily <laughs> um, which i know you guys experienced too yeah um he the he thought I was really weird because I told him that I hiked with cats and he didn't really believe me and the first time we hung out I brought my cats with us when we went hiking um and then they sort of got attached to him and he he was kind of excited about that um and I I think most people assume that cats just sit there and do nothing and they, you don't get attached to them and that they don't have personalities. And I think once you get to know cats, it, it changes things. Well, I think I have so many parallels with your husband. Like, Because as everyone knows, I wasn't a cat fan. I, I never had a cat before. And you know, Hasara was a crazy cat person. So yeah, it was, it was either Hasara and cat or nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it was Hasara and Cat. <laughs> so that's that one out. And obviously I've got my cat allergies as well. So I've got to ask, so does your husband still have his allergies? Um, They're not as bad as they were initially when he first moved in with us. Um, they, His symptoms have gotten a lot less severe. Um, I don't know if it's just that he's gotten used to them. Um he has changed his diet since he has moved in with me. And I think that has helped some. Okay. Yeah. That I, I, I hope, especially for Daniel's sake, that like <laughs> over time you build up a bit of resist, resistance to it as well. So yeah, that's good to hear. And I love Mike and Lily's personalities. Like Mike is such an awesome poser. Can you tell us a little bit about his personality? He is kind of a shy cat still. Um, but he is, he's definitely the lover of the family. He has so much love to give. He loves giving hugs um, and he purrs so much. He's just a happy little guy. Um, and he, yeah, he's just, he's a character. He loves posing for pictures and 
He's just really, really sweet. He has he doesn't have an aggressive bone in his body. He probably I don't think I heard him hiss for the first ten years of his life. Um, and he never bites. He never uses his claws. He's just a lover. He's one cool cat. Yeah, he's pretty chill. So then, how about Lily? She always looks like a princess. Can you tell us a little bit about her personality? She's the boss of everybody. Um, (laughs) Always in charge. She always has to have her way. She is a princess, though. She loves dressing up, having pretty dresses on. She shows off. Um, If you put a pretty dress on her, she'll go show everybody. Um, she's in charge of Mike. She, if she doesn't get her way, she usually goes and beats him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And like, I don't like focusing on age, but I think one thing that everyone brings up with your story is that Mike and Lily are a bit older. How old are they? Lily just turned 15 and Mike is 13. Wow. That's amazing. And on top of that, they're amazing cat explorers as well. And you've had an incredible journey which um, training them because I believe that when they were kittens, you harness trained them, but they only really started exploring recently. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that process and what changed from when they were kittens to now? Hmm. Um, I started, well, I put harnesses on them as soon as I got them. Um, we used to live in the city though. And when I first got Lily, we lived in a really busy part of the city with lots of cars and we didn't really go out walking much just because there was so many people and so much traffic, but I did put a harness on her so that I could take her places with me. Like if I ran errands, she'd come with me in the car. I actually used to carry her around in a little purse. She was my purse cat. Um, <laughs> and I would take her to my mom's house when we'd go there for dinner and things like that. So they, she's always been used to wearing a harness. I think because we lived in the city, they didn't walk much because they were afraid of the cars and they're afraid of so many people. So even when I did try to take them to the park or walk around the neighborhood, they would kind of just hunker down and they would take a few steps and stop every 10 feet or so. So we didn't make very much progress. Um, And then about three years ago, we moved to a small town um, in the mountains. And when I started taking them out on trails where they were far away from the cars, they couldn't hear the traffic and there was less foot traffic as well. Then they really made a breakthrough and started walking better. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. That's awesome. I have to ask, what um, made, what gave you the idea to start taking them out, even in the city and when you moved into the town? When Lily was really small, when I first got her, there was somebody who lived on my street that walked their cats. And that's how I got the idea. I, I saw that and I thought it was really cool. So I thought I would try it too. That's awesome because I always like hearing about that because most of us have never seen it before. And it's like, <laughs> why did you think of that? <laughs> so that's cool. So with the exploring, what sort of exploring does Mike and Lily get up to? Um, we go hiking. Um, 
we also take them to the pond when we go skating, um, bike rides, pretty much everywhere we go, we take them with us. Even if it's just going out for lunch, we take them. If we can sit on the patio, we'll take them with us. We take, we go kayaking a lot. We take them kayaking with us. That's so awesome. I want to um, dig into a, or like a lot of those different um, types of cat exploring you do, but I, I have a big question first. So I've tried taking Lumos and Noxie exploring by myself and it did not go well. They both, I had Noxie in my head, Lumos like jumping somewhere else and it was a big disaster and I've never done it since. So when we go exploring with the cats, it's always the four of us. So we have a human per cat. How do you normally go exploring with Mike and Lily? Do you go by yourself or do you and your husband always go? Or what's the um, What do you normally do? I started out taking them, the two of them, just by myself. And we would have one cat in the backpack and one would walk. Um, they never want to walk in the same direction. So it, it's always only one cat walking at a time. Um, I tried putting them on one of those little leash extenders where you can put um where you connect two animals on one leash and that did not work at all lily would just beat up mike the whole time because she'd always want to go her way (laughs) 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 so they would they just have to take turns when it's just me by myself um usually we try to go one cat and one one human um and that way they can both walk Um, but then it doesn't always work that way my husband and I work different days of the week so there's not very many opportunities for us to go all four together yeah that does make sense so when you've got when you've got one walking and one on the backpack does the one in the backpack ever get cranky that they want to go for a walk yeah the the one in the backpack will start meowing when they want to come out so then we switch it up okay yeah, that's that's good because um, I sometimes find because I've tried that with Lumos and Noxie and then the one in the backpack will get really cranky and like try and jump out and stuff like that. So um, normally when we're exploring with the, all four of us, we'll leave the backpack open so they can pop out. But I find if it's just me, I will close it up because otherwise they'll try and jump out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I first came across Mike and Lily from a photo that you had posted where they were bundled up together in a sled on the snow and it was so adorable. And I remember straight away, I was like to Daniel, I was like, look at this photo. This is incredible. And what I love is that you take them out on a sled. How did that idea come about and what kind of training did you do to get them used to the sled? I was walking through Canadian Tire one day and I saw a really cute sled and it reminded me of one that my parents had from when I was a child and I just thought it was really cute and I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really do much training. We just plopped them in the sled and we took them skating and they each once tried running out on the ice and they took about 10 steps and realized it was freezing cold and ran straight back into the sled and have never tried running out of it since. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, and when you say skating, that's ice skating. Oh, that yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Aussies who don't have ice skating had to ask. <laughs> so then the other side of the spectrum, it can get pretty warm. And so then you 
get involved in water sports. And you mentioned before that there's some activities that you like, whether kayak and stand up paddleboarding. I have to say, we're impressed with people who can do that, let alone cats who can do that. Because <laughs> neither of us, Asara and I, are any good at water sports or that sort of activity. So, how did you go about training these, the Mike and Lily, to get used to that sort of um, activities? And did you have to do any prep for that? Um, I think I figured that Lily would be pretty comfortable with it since she actually gets in the bathtub with me if I take a bath. So <laughs> I I just figured she wouldn't mind being in the water. Um, we just tested it out slowly. We put them on the kayaks and just gauged their response, and they seemed okay with it. So then we started paddling out, and they were okay with it. So we just kept going with it. Um same thing with the paddleboard. It's we just tested it out slowly and saw how it went, and they seemed to be okay with it. Well, Lily seemed to be okay with it. Mike is not as comfortable with paddleboarding as Lily is. Um, I think it also has a little bit to do with how we feel about the water sports. Um, my husband is not as comfortable with paddleboarding as I am. And I think when you are stressed out, your cat feels that and they respond in the same way. Um, so I'm comfortable in the water. So I think that helps my cats feel comfortable in the water. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I have to say, you were, you did test the waters, so to speak. <laughs> to slowly dip your feet in the water and just get them comfortable and edge out. So with water, have you taken any specific precautions regarding water safety and Mike and Lily? We put life jackets on them. Um, the first time we went kayaking, we didn't actually have life jackets on them, and they moved around in the kayaks a lot. They walked back and forth, and Lily tried going in the water, um, which we didn't let her because we didn't actually know if they could swim. I'm sure they can swim. We just weren't sure. Um, we do keep leashes on them as well so that if they do jump in we can grab them easily um but other than yeah we just use life jackets from now <laughs> are there any specific life jackets that uh you use that you find works well sort of brands um we have a couple of different ones um i think it's it just depends on the fit of them um we have a neoprene one that the cats are more comfortable wearing and they, it fits them well, but it doesn't really float them very well. Um, so <laughs> the big bulky ones typically work better, even though they don't like them as much. Yeah, I can. And I'm not sure about you, but when I wear a life jacket, I get really annoyed when it's bulky, but that's the one that works the best. So it's not really like you're kind of stuck because you either keep them comfortable or like extra safety. But I suppose if it, floats a little bit it gives you that opportunity to like lift them out of the water and put them back in the kayak or on um the stand-up paddleboard so that's a really good point um and I, have you ever had to test the life jackets out like have they jumped in the water unexpectedly 
It has only happened once. Um, when we took Mike paddleboarding for the first time, he jumped in the water. I was laughing so hard when it happened, though. I he got away from me. It's the life jackets are nice though that they have the handles, so it should have been really easy for me to get him out. But I was laughing so hard I almost fell in myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he did get away, and he swam to shore and ran down the beach and tried to find a new family. He like <laughs> this other family. <laughs> I didn't have to get him. Um, but yeah, it, the handles make them really easily easy to pick them up out of the water, but that's the one and only time they've ever jumped in. Yeah. Um, I have to say I would have laughed as well and really struggled to <laughs> figure out what to do is I'd be laughing so hard. <laughs> um, so Lily has never tried to jump in the water as well. She did the first time we took her kayaking. Yeah. She didn't have a life jacket and we stopped her from going in just because we weren't really sure if okay. she could actually swim. Yeah. I'm I'm sure she would have been fine, but yeah. we just weren't weren't sure. <laughs> yeah, better safe than sorry as well. So that's a really good point. And you mentioned earlier that you guys go hiking as well. So how did you train Mike and Lily to go hiking? I just started taking them out. I didn't really do anything other than that. Um, they they only walk uphill, and I don't really know why, and I don't know how to change that. <laughs> so the steeper the trail we take them on, the better they walk. They'll walk faster, and they're more focused. If we take them on a flat trail, they tend to meander and lose uh lose their focus more easily um uh, but other than that we didn't really do anything we just plopped them down on a trail and they just started walking i can only imagine that secretly inside you're cursing the fact that they only love uphill <laughs> trails <laughs> <laughs> although i suppose it's better for them to walk uphill and carry them downhill than vice versa that's true that, that, is, that is very true and one thing um, that I love is that Mike and Lily also see see other animals and humans while you're exploring as well. How do they handle them and are they okay with seeing animals and humans? They're pretty good around dogs. Um, they sniff them. I don't really know how they decide whether they like certain dogs and don't like other dogs. They might hiss at certain dogs. I think sometimes if a dog runs up really fast and is really excited and jumping up and down, that puts them off a little bit. But otherwise, they're they're fairly brave. They've been around dogs their entire lives. Uh, everyone else in my family has dogs that they've been around. So I think they're pretty used to them. They do get a little bit of stranger danger when they see people, especially if they have a stroller or a bike. Um, but I think overall, they're probably braver around other dogs than, or around dogs than humans. Okay, that's that's so interesting. But um, that's a really good point that you brought up that they've been around dogs since they were quite young. So that probably really helps them as well. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to jump back to actually was that um, Mike and Lily 
like you're really good at making sure that they're warm while you're in cold weather, like in the snow and things like that, where you're skating and even when you're hiking and stuff like that. What do you normally do to keep them warm? They have lots of sweaters and coats um, that we make sure we put on them when we go outside. When we're walking, when it's cold, we are constantly checking their paws and their ears. We typically don't, if it's really cold, we won't let them walk for very long. So we'll give them breaks in the backpack or we'll carry them um, so that they do get a chance to warm up. If they're in their sled, we wrap them in a blanket. This year, we also started putting little booties on them to keep their feet a little bit warmer and to protect them from salts and other chemicals that people might use to melt ice with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- those are awesome things. And I might get this wrong, so I believe Mike is good on the booties, but Lily is not. It took her a little bit longer to get used to them than it. Mike instantly was fine with them, which I think is pretty rare. I don't mm-hmm. think. Even dogs typically are not happy wearing boots the first time they wear them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And do you have um, any favorite brands of sweaters and jumpers or um, jackets for them? Yeah, um, our favorite sweaters are, um, they're made by a lady in BC. Uh, She custom makes them. Her company is called Threads and Tails. And you give her the measurements and she makes every sweater to size. And then Mike's favorite coat is his Herda extreme warmer. When he wears it, he is so much more confident and more brave than he is. And I don't know why he it's, it's like, he's a completely different cat. He'll walk further. He's not afraid of anything when he wears it. It's, it's really strange. (laughs) Wow. I've seen these photos on Instagram that Sarah's shown me about Mike and Lily wearing the sweaters and the, you know, clothes. And it's just, it's adorable and it's so cute to see. And I love that Mike is like a new cat with clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) It's strange because most cats don't typically like wearing clothes. And when he puts his coat on, he has like a completely different personality he carries himself differently, and I don't know. It's like he has more energy. <laughs> it's his Superman coat. <laughs> That's awesome. So you've, you've described all these amazing experiences that you've had. What are your most memorable experiences with Mike and Lily? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, it is a tough one. You can talk about a few if you'd like. Okay. Um, I think one of our best memories is having Mike and Lily be part of our wedding day. They had little outfits. Mike had a shirt and tie and Lily had a little dress and they got to be part of our wedding ceremony with us. That was really special to have them there. Um, and the venue is was a pet-friendly venue, so it was it was really special that they got to be part of part of that day. That's yeah. awesome. I'd um I'd love to actually ask you a little bit about that. Firstly, congratulations because that was not so long ago. So that's really lovely. Really happy for you guys. Do you mind telling us how they were involved? So you just mentioned they were part of the ceremony. Were they actually there for your ceremony? Yeah, we actually just got eloped. So 
it was just them and two other people. Mm. Uh, so we had a wagon for them. They were pulled around in a wagon throughout the whole time. And we just got married in a meadow in the mountains and they were there for it. Oh, that's so beautiful. I really love that. Um, and did you have to do any prep to, I suppose if they're used to exploring and they're used to their sled, the wagon probably wasn't that different for them. No, it was pretty much the same as their sled. Yeah, that's awesome. Because um, I suppose most people might not know, we tried to have um, Lumos and Noxie at our wedding as well. Um, but we had them only at our tea ceremony and we just had them at my mum's my place. And this was before they were um, cat explorers and they were not happy. They were like too many people, too much activity. I think we only had like six people in the house and they just lost it. So, so I love hearing when people are able to include their cats in their wedding. That's just so beautiful. And um, like I suppose I live vicariously through you guys because I um, haven't been to Canada, but I love um, when you – I think it's Emerald Lake or Lake Louise – how you go kayaking on that. It's just so beautiful. Oh, I think you're thinking of Moraine Lake, which is near oh, Lake. Okay. okay, sorry. Yes, yes. So uh, how do you find these cat-friendly places? I think Canada's pretty good in terms of being pet-friendly. Um, we live right outside the national park, and as long as your pet is on a leash, um, you're allowed to have pets pretty much anywhere there's not I don't know of any parks that are not pet friendly it's just just as long as you have a leash and you pick up after your pet okay that's really awesome I really um that's really lovely because we it's a bit different in Australia so cats aren't allowed in our national parks and actually we did not realize this till we started trying to explore with Lumos and Oxy a lot of the parks around us which aren't national parks aren't pet friendly either because they're wilderness reserves which I understand too, so it can be a bit of a challenge. So I love that it's so pet-friendly in Canada. So apart from the lakes, what other places have you guys been exploring? We go hiking a lot in the areas around where we live. We There's lots of provincial parks, and like I said, we live right outside the national park. Um, we do a lot of road trips into the neighbouring province, which again is pretty mountainous. Um, and there's lots of lakes. That's awesome. Um, and a while ago, we did a Catspiration feature on Mike and Lily on the Cat Explorer website, and you had some really great advice for cat explorers, which was you have to be patient and keep in mind that no matter how long a cat has been doing something, there will be good days and bad days. Do you mind taking us through a bad day that you've had with Mike and Lily and how you managed it? There's some days where neither of them will walk. And they're just, they just want to be carried the whole time or they want to go. For example, Lily will want to go in the direction that she wants to go in and she refuses to go anywhere else. Um, she can get pretty angry. She, she has some tortitude, torbitude to her. <laughs> if she, if she doesn't get her way, she can get pretty hissy sometimes. Um, or if she doesn't want to be carried like if she if she wants to go her way and you pick her up, she can spit and hiss and she does scratch and bite sometimes. And you just gotta you just pick her up and go home and then try again another day. 
that that sort of um behavior sounds a lot like Noxie when she's in her one of her tantrums and we can find that that happens when we're actually out and about. So it'll happen to us when we're trying to you know, wrap up, go home because we've got a deadline, we've got something somewhere else to be or whatever, and we're trying to put her in the car or mm-hmm. move from one location to another, and she will either not leave the location or in the car she will not go into a crate and do all those sort of things and hiss and, you know, try and scratch you and wag a tail like the angry sort that everyone who's ever seen it before would know. So what are some of the, like, tactics or things that you've done in, that you found may have worked to try and sort of resolve this sort of situation because we're still struggling with this. I think one of the biggest game changers for us was getting a backpack. Um, Once she's in the backpack, she usually calms down. Uh, Bringing treats also helps. Lily will always eat no matter what is happening. (laughs) So if you just... If she's really angry and you you don't want to touch her, you can always give her some treats, and that calms her down pretty quickly. But yeah, usually once she's in one of those moods, as soon as she starts and we can tell she's about to be in one of those moods, we put her in the backpack right away um, before she gets too upset. Um, and usually once she is in the backpack, we can continue on and just let Mike do his thing and keep walking and go wherever we're going. Okay, so that's, that is similar to, some ta- to what we do sometimes where we give them a timeout in the backpack and sort of just close it up. Because sometimes, like we normally, when we explore, we like to leave the backpack open with them leashed in so that they can at least poke their head out and look her out and so forth. But when she gets in one of those moods, it's a timeout and we zip it up and say, yeah, that's it. But what we've also found is that trying to sort of because in those situations, you get really hyped up and you get really tense and nervous and so forth and, and angry and, you know, you're just sort of losing the situation. So what we tried to do recently is try to sort of calm ourselves down and bring ourselves back down to a level head so that we can then calm them down as well. Because like you said earlier, they feed off your energy and your mood. So if mm-hmm. we're stressing and huffing about as a stress head, they'll just go – nuts even and and you know just run around even more and make things worse so it hasn't necessarily worked i have to say like we're trying to calm down and de-stress the situation it's helpful but it still doesn't mean that we can physically pick her up yet (laughs) because it's still a challenge when she's still clawing at us or trying to bite us or walking around the car but it's one piece one tool in the toolkit yeah actually on that um I suppose on that note, like um, one of the biggest challenges I have with them is in the car when she's angry and she doesn't want to go home and she gets really angry. And um, recently, I think the last few times we've been in the car, she has not wanted to go home. So I've actually ended up just sitting on the floor watching her just run around like crazy. (laughs) So I I wanted to share that because um, it happens. We have bad days, really bad days too. But you just, like you said, pick up and keep going. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, and like you mentioned, alluded to it before, where you've done a bit of travel with Mike and Lily. Um, we'd love to hear about the places that you've been to. So usually when we take trips, we go to British Columbia just because that's one of our favourite places to be. We're fairly close. We're right on the border with British Columbia. 
And we find that they have a lot of pet-friendly hotels, so it makes it a lot easier to travel with them. Um, there's And it's also, there's lots of mountains, there's places to hike, and there's the lakes are way warmer than they are in Alberta, so we like to go west. Um, we've also, we also take them to Edmonton quite often, that's where we're originally from, so we go visit Grandma and Grandpa, um, and my husband's family is from Saskatchewan, so we've also taken them to Saskatchewan a couple times. That's awesome. Um, you've mentioned you just mentioned briefly that you've found quite a few cat friendly accommodation, like hotels and stuff. Are those hotel chains or actual hotels, like um, boutique boutique hotels? Yeah, we've stayed in both. Um, probably. Um, yeah, I guess we've stayed in some chain hotels and then other ones that we've randomly come across. Um, I usually look in like booking.com for the pet friendly ones. And then I call the hotel itself to make sure that when they say pet friendly, cats are included in pets because they don't always specify which pets are included in pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is a frustration that I've often have had as well. Are there any um, hotels that have, like, really stood out to you that you'd love to recommend to other cat owners? Um, I don't Sorry, know. I put you on the spot there. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if there's any that I feel like went over and above for the pets specifically. Um. We really like the Coast Hotel chain just because they were nice hotels and they do allow pets in them. Some of the ones that do allow pets aren't the nicest hotels yeah. per se. <laughs> yeah, I um I understand that. Sometimes you walk into the room and it smells like bleach because I, I understand they need to clean it, but it's not really that pleasant. So I get that one. And um I remember seeing recently that um, Mike and Lily went to a winery as well, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Did they go to a couple or was it just one? I can't remember. Sorry. We went to a couple. When we were in BC, um, we found out that uh, when we were in Penticton, actually, the Naramata Bench region, they told us that all of the, the wineries there were pet friendly. So we brought them with us. Um, we went so that was kind of a neat thing that they got to experience that. We also so went when all of them were. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. We also went to one in the shoe shops too with them. So that was pretty neat. That's so cool because um we've taken Lumos and Noxie to wineries, but we but not it's never been that all the wineries have been pet friendly. So um that's really, really cool. I like that. So how did Mike and Lily react to traveling? They're really good in the car. They had actually never been on a long car ride ever before we moved to Canmore. And it's about a, it's almost a four hour drive. And that was the first time they had ever been in the car for more than half an hour. And they didn't make a noise. They just sat next to me the whole time and just content and hung out. And they were awesome. And they every time we get in the car, they're great. They just sit there. They usually sleep the whole time. And, yeah, we probably go for four-hour 
stints at a time before we stop for a break. Wow, they're absolute superstars because I just contrast that to Lumos and Noxie and on our recent road trip, they were singing the song of their people the whole time, a lot of the time until we got to straight roads. And for anyone who doesn't know what I mean by song of their people, it's the meow, meow, meow. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just, yeah, it's excellent to hear. Did you have to do any prep to go traveling with them? I think the hardest part is just planning for the hotels, finding places that are pet friendly. Um, and then when you're planning the thing, the activities that you're going to do, making sure that the hotel you're staying at allows you to leave them in the hotel. And if they don't, that you can plan activities where they can join you. Yeah, I agree. That's, um, that is a hard one because, um, a lot of the pet friendly hotels say that you have, you you have to be with your pet at the, at all times. Um, is there anything in particular that you're looking for when you find these hotels or is it just looking for that pet friendly tick, I suppose, in booking.com? For, for us, mostly it's just allowing the pets. We try not to stay in the hotels that don't allow the pets to be in the rooms by themselves. Just because it is really hard to plan to be in, to have them with you all the time. I think one of the reasons why when we were in Penticton that a lot of the places are pet friendly is because it is it gets really hot there in the summer and pe- they don't want you to leave your pet sitting in the car. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same as in the town that we live in. Most businesses are pet friendly because nobody wants you to leave your pet in the car when it's 30 degrees outside. So something I just want to circle back to, we talked, we touched on it briefly, but Mike and Lily are 13 and, I might have, sorry, 13 and 15, yep, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the key story that most people mention about Mike and Lily's story is that they went exploring at a older age than most cats you would expect. Can you just talk us through what age that was and how you sort of develop that, um, I guess, process to get them to explore? We So they just started exploring in kind of the last two and a half, three years. And I guess the reason why we started exploring more was once we moved to Canmore, the, our home went from about 900 square feet where they had lots of room to run around they had more toys um we had an outside balcony that they could explore and then we moved here and our we live in about 450 square feet it's small there's no outside space and i just felt like they weren't getting enough exercise so i wanted to take them out um, get them just so they can just so they have more exercise and more um, I don't know, more excitement in their life, I guess. (laughs) More fresh air, too. Um, And I just also wanted to experience the outdoors with them. I was out all the time, and I just wanted them to be with me and experience it all. And so I just brought them with me, and it just turned out to be okay, and they enjoyed it. And I think just the fact that it's so much more quiet here, um, 
that it's it allowed them to explore outside without the fear of the traffic, without all the people. That's awesome. And did you have to do anything in particular when you started taking them out for the first time in the new area? The thing that I, I guess that changed was just buying a backpack. That's what made it easier for us. Um, that way I could take them both out at the same time and it made it easier to go for longer trips so that if they did get tired, they could sit in the backpack and I didn't have to carry them the whole time. Which backpack um, do you guys use? The first one I got was one of the spaceship styles with the bubble on it. Um, I found that it didn't have enough support for me so that if I wanted to go for longer trips, my back and shoulders would get sore. We now have a cargo one, which has hip and chest straps on it so that you can go for longer. We typically go for longer hikes. We'll go for four or five hours at a time. It also has pockets in it so we can put snacks and water and extra clothing, which is nice too. It sounds like that Mike and Lily basically took to exploring at an older age, just like seamlessly, and that it wasn't really much difficulty there, which which I love because it breaks that stereotype that you have to train them young, otherwise they'll never learn it. And it just doesn't seem like it's the case. I mean, how did you get – like, did you see other cats doing that, or you think, well, these guys, I, I just can throw anything at them and they'll do it? Because where did you get the inspiration from? I just thought it didn't hurt to try. Uh, I mean, if I tried and it went poorly, we would have stopped, but it didn't. So we just kept trying and we keep trying new things and it keeps going over well. So then we just keep going with it. I love that attitude. Yeah. And it's something that sounds like something that you've, you've done and applied to this other thing that you've tried. It's just like, let's try kayaking. Let's try sleds. Let's try walking them on a leash. Let's try hiking. It, and it's, turned out brilliantly yeah and on that as well because you recently um just got the cat school program as well and i really wanted to highlight that because people assume that the cat school program is for kittens but you're showing that um mike and lily can do it at any age too so i think that's really really cool mm-hmm. and um that's quite awesome and So we're coming towards the end of our podcast and we've got four questions that we like to ask all our guests. So what do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with their humans? I just hope it continues to grow, uh, that people are not afraid to try and that they don't give up so easily. We often get a lot of people telling us that they put a harness on their cat once and they hated it and flopped over and stopped walking. So they gave up on that first try. And now there's so many more resources for people to learn from. There's YouTube and there's Cat School um, and Cat Explorer. And I think that if people know about these resources that they can can use them to their advantage. When, When I first got Mike and Lily, it was just me seeing somebody walk past me on the street with a cat on a leash and I just decided that I was going to try it myself and I had no idea what I was doing. And I just went to the pet store and bought the first thing I saw and went with it. Um, 
so the more this grows and the more resources there are and the more people that see cats out there, I think it'll help. It'll just, I don't know, get just help it snowball, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you because a lot of the comments that you would hear is that it's, my cat would never do that or uh, I'll, I've tried that once and it never worked. But what you've shown through Mike and Lily's story is that if you keep trying and just keep pushing that boundary and as I as I mentioned before with my dad joke, you know, dip your toe in the water and keep going, it it will work if you keep at it. And that's amazing to see because, yeah, Mark and Lily's story is just one shining example of how that will work for people if they just keep going. And the resources are out there, so there's a wealth of knowledge now that, you know, wasn't around for a lot of people when they started this. Like, definitely for Hosara when she tried it with her cat, her older cat, um, Tabby, all those years ago, it's, and yet she persevered and they just made it happen. Yeah, actually. So um, I'm not sure whether I've shared it before, but with Tabby, we didn't actually know about cat harnesses. So we literally got a ribbon and fashioned a harness out of it. <laughs> and like, and then um, my mom didn't know about cat carriers. So she got two, like, you know, the shopping baskets that you get at like the shopping centers. She got two of those and just put them on top of each other. So like now there's just so much more resources and, tools that you can use so it's quite um, exciting to see I think the resources are so great too because when I first started I would just buy anything and we would just test them out and you'd spend so much money or you'd see something and it's expensive and you're scared to try it because if it didn't work it was a complete waste of money and now that there's social media and there's these communities you can share your experiences and say this one worked or this one didn't work. And it's way less scary for people to go mm. to walk into a store with all these options. And um, they're not just going in there blindly. And yeah, I agree. It, like it can get quite overwhelming. What's been the um, most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Mike and Lily? I think one of the the funniest things that we've ever heard is that somebody asked me if Mike was bolt or keel, which was because <laughs> I, I had Mike and Lily with me and I thought it was kind of strange that somebody would think he was bolt or keel. Plus I had another cat. With me. <laughs> he's, um, he's decided to um, just hang out by himself with a new cat. Yeah. <laughs> So for context, Bolt and Keel are two different cats. Is that right? Yes. And then they're also pretty well known in the social media world. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they've got like a pretty amazing story. So um, we'll actually include a link to their um Instagram for anyone who's interested in our show notes. So on the topic of other cat explorers and social media uh, cats, what other cat explorers inspire you? The cat that inspired me to actually try taking Mike and Lily kayaking for the first time is um, Yoshi, the tubing cat. I I didn't know people took cats on boats, let alone tubing. Um, And when I saw that, I was like, well, if he can tube, I think my cats can go kayaking. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Is he Aussie? yeah, he is. he is. Yeah, yeah. So he's the account that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Mike and Lily? Uh, for sure, the backpacks. That definitely changed the way we go out, um, the duration of our hikes. Um, we can take them, we go shopping with them now because we can put them in the backpacks. It, it really just, it changed everything for us. So having a backpack. So with the backpacks, cause you mentioned that you got them quite late in terms of that's the mechanism that you use to get them to go exploring in the last two and a half years. Did you have to do much training to get them to use of the backpacks? We did a little bit. I When we first got our very first backpack, we left it out in the living room all the time, just unzipped so that they could smell it. They would take naps in it inside the house. Um, I would take them to places they liked. We would go to the pet store in it. We'd put treats in it just so they had a positive association with it. Um, it became their safe place. So if we were out and something scary happened, they would go inside of it. It just, they always associate it with something good. Um, even though we do take them to the vet in the backpacks too, they just, they have way more happy experiences with the backpacks than negative ones. Um, every time we get a backpack, we always leave it out in the open, unzipped for the first little while, just to make sure that they know that it's their safe, safe place. And that's that's a good tactic. Like we do that too with new products that we get. So backpacks, and recently we've got a stroller. So we've been le- leaving it out just so that they can sniff it, you know, make it their home. And unfortunately, one of the backpacks we recently got is actually now cat bed. So they haven't <laughs> used it as a backpack yet, but they've definitely used it as a cat bed. I'll, I do want to mention, um, just touch on that. You said you use the backpacks to take them to the vet. So do they have any negative experiences with that backpack, or do they like? Because they wouldn't experience, wouldn't expect to go to the vet when you put them in, given that you also go exploring with, with them in the backpack. Is that right? I don't think that they have a negative association with it. We go to the vet so rarely compared to all the good places we go in the backpacks. Um, plus, the vet is across the street from our house, so it's like a thirty-second walk. Um, and then when they are at the vet, they will go back into their backpack once, like they go into the backpack themselves once oh, the vet is over. So they don't associate it with being negative still. It's still their safe place. That's great. Because for us, we haven't had the opportunity since, but I don't think, but we're fearful of the fact that if we take them in the backpacks to the vet, that they'll associate that with a negative and not want to go back to the backpacks for exploring purposes and stuff. And so a little cheekily, we have actually since, I think since we've got backpacks and transitioned to backpacks and crates and so forth, we've actually been using a home visit vet. So (laughs) it actually has arisen as a situation again, but if we ever needed to, that'd be an interesting challenge for us to overcome. Our vet clinic also has a giant pet store attached to it as well. So we have gone, taken them there just to buy things too. So I, they might associate the vet clinic also as a pet store. That, that would help so much as well to create that positive um, experience with it. 
So, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really had a blast chatting all about Mike and Lily. Where can we follow you and Mike and Lily online? Um, we have Instagram and Facebook, and we're the Adventures of Mike and Lily on both. Okay, cool. So what we'll do is we'll put those links and any other links and Instagram accounts that we talked about today in the show notes, which will be available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe and review the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help us to continue to get some awesome guests. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving a kitty the world. <laughs>